0: Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us again on another edition of Reach for Hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, life's daily tasks can become a struggle and sometimes lead to emotional distress. If you don't take time to deal with those struggles, though, it can lead to depression. With me today is a woman who knows all too well about this and has figured out a way to recognize it and manage that stress. I'd like to welcome Tiffany Wilson. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Tiffany. Thanks so much, Melissa. Now, you are the Board of Trustees Chair here at the Utah Tech University. Right. Tell us about that and how you became involved with the university.
1: Well, I'm a long-term, uh, lifelong native. Um, did live, live on the East Coast for a while um, as an adult, but born and raised here. So, have all that red sand in my shoes from you know, being a child, and grew up with my family attending here. And of course, I attended what was previously Dixie College and loved it, had such a good experience. So, you know, coming back to the community and um, got a call from a friend who's a vice president here, Brad Last, and said, Hey, want to have you talk to you about an a uh, possible opportunity. And when he said it was for board of trustees for the university, I was like, come on are you kidding me and it did just it was a real surprise and I'm so grateful to him because it came at a time I needed it so much um, for my own mental health and well-being um, and so I ended up talking with um, you know the president and some of the other people here and was recommended it's a process you go to um, it they send your name Once you've agreed, you'd be willing to do it, It sends it to the governor for approval. And then that is really interesting. I kept thinking we were done. And then they says, no, the governor needs to approve. Oh, okay, let's let's do that. So the governor (laughs) calls and they they said, great. We're so grateful. Please, governor's thrilled with your application. We're now going to send it to the legislature for approval. What? We're we're not done. So eventually I started serving. And again, it came at a critical time for me that um, I'd hit a real low Um, after, you know, I didn't deal with depression and, and assorted mental health conditions when I was younger, when I was growing up. But in my early adult years, I really felt a shift in my body and my coping, and it was so disorienting. Thinking, "Who, who am I? What is happening?" And I really struggled. So, you know, I dealt with depression, anxiety, and I'd had a very traumatic car accident that uh, left me with a lot of PTSD symptoms that I still deal with a lot today. And you pile all that together and it became overwhelming. So in 2016, 2016, I think, yeah, when, or 17, when I got this call, um, and I attended my first board meeting, I came out of that board meeting. I said, Oh my gosh, I am still here. That was the thought in my mind as I drove home. I'm still here. Me, my soul, who I am, is still here. And I have something to contribute. So it's been an amazing opportunity full of a lot of difficulty. Uh, clearly, a lot of, interestingly, just when I thought, hey, we're getting this all back in the groove, um, you know, we dealt with the name change, which was one of the, literally one of the most difficult things I've ever been through. And that's a story for another day. We, But um, it really took a toll. And... Coming out of it at this point and seeing the university thriving, so thriving, it's um, it's one of the things I think uh, I think it's going to be the thing I'm, besides my family, that I'll be the most proud to be been associated with this university and the growth, the progress, and the opportunities for students. And
0: it basically teaches us that that we can do hard things once yes. we learn that we can survive them. Yes. Um, now, I understand you've lost a friend to suicide. Can you tell us about that and how that impacted yeah. your life and what you did to overcome that?
1: Yes, I had a dear friend, Pam. I adored her. And she, you know, if you look at her, she just looked like the most vibrant person. She was always so full of joy. You would never imagine she was dealing with depression. And I did know that. Um, but... You know, there's I kind of put some pictures together that show her now, and then really kind of these other pictures that also show what represented her. We live sort of with a mask sometimes, and we don't let people know the struggles we're having. I didn't know how deep her struggles were. Um, I have a lot of regret. She called me a couple of days before she took her life, and I had not called her back. And it's something I live with to this day, is that regret of not having called her back. Um and I knew she, I know she needed help but what I did is I she had gone skydiving for her 50th birthday and I said never in 10 million years will I do that but about 2 weeks after she passed I said you know what let's do this so I'm going to share this really interesting experience with you so you know look at the size of that plane it's like um you know it could fit in your pocket and i was so enthusiastic enthusiastic as we started but i mean the rat- door rattles it barely like is this door closed i was so happy and then about now things shift oh yeah they start to shift i start to look out and say what was i thinking there's the face that's the face <laughs> and i am starting to do deep breathing and i think no way and i told him before i said rick i I have to get out of this plane. I give you permission to push me. And I I didn't think I would need it. But by this point, I was saying, I'm so scared. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. No, I can't. can't There you go. I can't do it. No, I'm not ready, Rick. I'm not ready. And I knew at this point he will throw me out with him on my back. So I'll put myself in position to take this jump, to take this leap of faith that this parachute is going to open. Oh, I feel all the feels right now just watching this. Oh my goodness. So now here you're gonna see where the the skin needs to be tightened up just a bit. (laughs) Wow. When you see that you realize, man, my skin is not that tight, is it? But you can see I'm, I'm in shock. I don't even know what to do and the goggles are raising up to where I can't even see. But this is the moment of great relief. And there's so much I learned from this experience. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. And, uh, you know, this is really tightened up. But uh, this landing, I broke my tailbone. So that was that was the moment I said, I shall never do this again. But I did it, and I'm so grateful that I did it because I did it in honor of my friend Pam. And if you saw in the video, in fact, I think we have a slide of it that shows the bracelet I was wearing. And at her funeral, they had handed out these bracelets that um, said, Out of the Darkness. It's that orange bracelet on my wrist. And I intentionally took that bracelet and went on this dang skydive and um, wanted to do it just in her honor because she was so fearless and so brave. And I've tried to use that mentality to start speaking about my own experiences, to encourage others to speak about theirs. So what's really come up for me in these last six years is uh, there's no purpose in all the pain and and suffering that we go through when we deal with mental health conditions. And there's a wide variety of those, and they ebb and flow, but there's no purpose in them uh, other than suffering unless we make something good come from them. And I knew at that point I needed to start being open about my experiences, about my journey, to show others that I, you have permission to, to be seen as the whole person that you are and not just the mask, not just the pretty things, but the whole person that you are.
0: Well, I think all of us have uh, days where we're not doing so well and yeah. possibly weeks even. Mm-hmm. So w- tell us about what you've done to overcome your depression in the past.
1: So I have done pretty much everything. And there's been times I've just thought what's left. Um, but I ended up um, pretty early on starting therapy. And this was back in, you know, the mid 90s when no one talked about mental health. No one I was it had to It felt like it had to be this dirty secret. And but I did I started therapy and I eventually not shortly, not too far after, shortly after I started medications. And I, I will be honest, I've run the gamut of medications. I've I've tried everything and then circled back through and it gets very frustrating and I um medication is really necessary for many people and it's been necessary for me at times in life and there's been times that I've not needed the same support but it's so important that we recognize when when our resources are tapped and we need that support and first it starts by I'd say number 1 tell someone tell someone you're struggling um You've got to be willing to trust the people around you, even if you think that they don't want to hear it. You've got to trust them. And then you've got to be willing to ask for pro- professional support in the form of medication and therapy. Um, medication can really relieve you of a lot of that at critical times when you need it. What? Uh, why do you
0: feel it's difficult then for people and even yourself to go get that help or support when they're experiencing depression?
1: You know, people... People want, again, to put that mask on. And I think it's really hard at this. It's been hard up to this point to see people, visible people out there speaking about mental health who are also successful at what they do. And they are out there. And, and, and if we really look at statistics, a, a ginormous percentage, I'm not going to even try and quote the right one from memory, but uh, people have dealt with mental health condition at some point. But until we start showing it, You're never going to know that you're not alone. And so that's become my personal mission is to help break the stigma by showing that I can be the chairman of the board of trustees and I can deal with mental health conditions, a a variety of them. I can be it's like an and both. It's and and both. I am this and this. I am both. I don't have to think of myself as one or the other. I don't have to think I'm either successful or I'm either like a hopeless case. Um, I'm both. Mm-hmm. And we're all some measure of both. And I think it's important we... We've got to talk about it to give each other permission. And that's what we're talking about today um, is
0: reaching out for help, uh, understanding that we all need somebody to talk to yeah. and that it, you shouldn't be ashamed that we're not, we're not alone. Yeah. Um, is it ever possible then to
1: view mental health challenges as a positive thing? Absolutely. It took me a long time to get to this point. I'll be honest, um, because for a long time it did feel like the extremes. It's either this or it's this. I'm either good or I'm just a mess. Um, or or to feel like you're a failure because you've had these challenges and there's so much shame. Um, it's misplaced shame, really. It's misplaced shame. We shame ourselves unnecessarily for the mental health challenges. But the reality is there have been so many wonderful things that have become a part of who I am as a result of those experiences. And I, I've come to a point where I can identify those. And, um, we have, I think we've got a a slide of some of those things that, that I've deemed my mental health superpowers. And it's kind of a funny phrase, but it's the way I like to think of it because we all want some superpowers, don't we? I can't fly. I can't do all those things, but I've gotten some really great gifts as a result of those experiences. So things like, um, I'm more empathetic, I'm so much more empathetic of other people because I'm watching for them for their own, you know, feelings and emotions, I'm more creative. I'm more self-aware. Um, I'm more, I think I'm more emotionally, um, observant. I'm more resilient. Sometimes I'm not resilient. I think a lot of people deal with mental health challenges. It's funny to put humble on the list, but you do become pretty humble because you know, um, you know, you're very, um, uh, you're subject to all of the other things. you you know you're infallible, I guess. And we we are more willing to accept others as a result of that. And there's so many things I think that have just become gifts um, that I'm so grateful for. I don't think without these challenges, I wouldn't have felt. I wouldn't have. Um, they might have been in there, but I think they've been refined as a result of those things. Yeah,
0: I, I really enjoyed that slide because it talked about being adaptable and resilient. Yeah. And I think we've talked a lot about that in yes. the past. I mean, not everything goes your way in life and <laughs> no. you can't throw a tantrum over it. You just yeah. have to put your big girl panties on and go down yeah. the road and, and say, okay, tomorrow's another day. I'll get through this. And That's it. I'll, or you figure out a way to get around it. And Yes, uh, very adaptable. That, you have to become so. Yeah. And I... I guess that's, that's the way life kind of is. It always throws something at you, but I'll tell (laughs) you what, right, right now I'm, I took that uh, jumping out of the plane off my bucket list a long time ago.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so you're very brave for that. Uh, I commend you for that choice. I I won't do it again. (laughs) Uh,
0: What personal advice then do you have to others who may struggle at times with depression or just even stress?
1: Yes. You know, again, I'll, I'll be really clear and I want to make sure that one of the things I want people to realize is is we don't have to think about that we're going to get healthier emotionally and then it's smooth sailing no it might get you might feel healthier emotionally more stable and more in your zone and then the the the, you know things might just fall apart and you might be right back in that i referenced the fetal position position in my recliner that's sort of my my retreat place. Um, and it just feels like you're kind of get knocked down a lot. But what I really want to remind people is that this is a process. And if we're dealing with these things, they show up, they rear their ugly head, they tap, tap, tap on our shoulder and we might absorb it for a while, but then we can say, and I almost have this mental thing that I do. Um, it's a feeling of pushing something out of my body, like, like, just like, like shoving it out. It's like, no, no. Now, I don't always do that well. Total admission. But a couple of the things I think about is um, one of my tips is the thing I think about is there's always a better day. Yeah, It's the thing I say to myself all the time. There is always a better day. If today is terrible, tomorrow might not be great. But guess what? The next day might mm-hmm. or the following or maybe even this afternoon. I find that if I can, you just say, just wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. Guaranteed guaranteed there is always a better day ahead. You've just got to... And what I often tell people is, if today's really awful, go to bed early and try again tomorrow. Just just go ahead and close this one out because when I'm back the next day, I find relief. For me, I know what my medicine is. My medicine is connection. and um, That's been very clear to me for some time that when I connect with a human... When I get myself out of that recliner and I spend time with people, I mean it's remarkable the change in my body. It's a physical change that happens for me in my body. I feel like a, I feel like a, like it's like I said, coming out of that first board meeting after being in a difficult time and going, man, I, I I'm still here. Mm-hmm. My good self, my my whole self is still here. I'm still here. I could be and and both. It's all there. So I say, just wait. There's always a better day. And there's another quote um, by young Pablo, brilliant thinker, um, someone I love to follow. And I'm going to have to read it off of Sean's slide there. But um, I love this. This is out of his book, Lighter, that just was released. It says, they asked her, how did you get through tough moments? She answered, do not trust the way you see yourself when your mind is turbulent. And remember that even pain is temporary. Honor your boundaries, treat yourself gently, let go of perfection, and feel your emotions without letting them control you. You have enough experience to face the storm and evolve from it. Oh, wow, what a great thing. so good. I mean, that's it. The storm, the just, it goes along. There's always a better day. Yeah. You have this in you to continue. So, those are some kind of guiding thoughts that I use to carry me through and to always remind myself. One last thing I want to share about that is something's come really clear to me recently is um, I spent the last four days with a a group of people in a... I've just started a master's program, finally, after all these years of wanting to. Congratulations. Yeah, master's (laughs) in organizational leadership through Concordia University, Irvine. And we met for this kickoff and um, we were sharing deep things with each other. And what I took from that was... You know, we want to say to each other, I don't want to burden you. I don't want to give this to you. It's too much. I don't want I don't want you to be bothered by my problems. Um, but what I felt in response to others sharing their pains with me in this deep work we were doing was I said, you know what? My internal resources are barely tapped by this. Like they're almost not even tapped. It takes – all it does for me is it, it makes me feel love. And when people share – I had an experience just today with someone I love so much dearly that shared a shared a pain a burden that that she was feeling and I told her I am so grateful you reached out to me because I feel that you love me you trust me enough to tell me and that makes me love her so much, even more than I already did. There's connection that is so magic that's created when you share something with someone. And I've, I've lived my last 10 years by this principle that I want to give people something because then they know I care enough about them that I trusted them with this part of me, this ugly, hard part of me. And the connections that happen are so incredible. It feels like medicine. So I call connection my medicine. And I know some people have different strategies. Some people need to retreat. For me, the retreating is dangerous, is more dangerous, puts me in a more negative space. But I would just encourage people to remember, you're not taking too much from someone. You're not asking too much from their resources. They have it freely to give when it's not theirs to bear. So allow those people... To connect with you because they will love you for it. That's the most important message I think I can share.
0: Yeah, and you are have actually shared with us today, and you're going to be sharing in the future. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your breaking the stigma and this campaign that you've mm-hmm. kind of started here on campus, and and what you hope to uh, achieve from this and by this. You've already had one.
1: Yes, so excited about this. This has been. I'll be honest. It's been scary. It's been. Um, it's been something that. Brought some emotion up to be brave enough to do it, but I, I'm i in the Trailblazer Leadership Program on campus. It's typically for faculty and staff, but I asked if I could participate in it this year, and we are required to do a project during the year, something that enhances or improves campus in some way. And I knew instantly, you know, I'm not in a typical department. I don't do the typical things here but I care so deeply about mental health and I feel like I'm at this place in my life and I'm in a position that is such a gift to have access to support, to resources, um, and to be able to say, I want to start a mental health project on campus and how lucky am I that I can do that? So I have started this Breaking the Stigma seminar series and the goal with this is to bring in, you know, successful leaders in all sorts of fields, in, I mean, this could be business, in, um, you know, all sorts of anything. It could be creators. It could be entertainment. It could be sports. It could be anything. But we want successful people in their field to come that also deal with mental health challenges, to be able to say, this is my story. I am this that you think I am, and I'm this. I'm both. And, and I'm okay with that. These are people who have done this for the long haul. And again, these... These are people that know we, we don't wait for ourselves to just be magically healed, but we are in the work of healing ourselves all the time, and they are still making great impacts in the world. We most recently had uh, Christy Pike, who is the director of the Washington County Children's Justice Center, and remarkable human, just remarkable, and she came and spoke about her mental health journey. We will be sharing that uh, video from that soon. And she shared some really powerful stories of her own experiences that got really difficult. And, you know, to see her thriving and knowing it's still there. Again, it's not that it's gone. It's still there somewhere. It's still there and it can pop up. But she's doing amazing things in the world. And that's what I want to inspire students, faculty, staff, community this is not just for students this is for everyone and we invite everyone to come and to listen to these people share their stories and it's we talk about what are the mental health challenges you've dealt with first um what are the coping strategies that have been really helpful for you um what kind of what are the messages you want to share and like what's next for you um we talk about a couple of other things as well, but we also are going to be using a student. We Our student was unfortunately sick, the first one, and I had to s- uh, sub for her, I guess you'd say, pop in for her. But we will also be starting with a student who will tell a little bit of their mental health story, because I believe as students share this with their peers, I know what happens. There's no ostracizing. There is only love, acceptance, and support. So as these students will be brave and step up and say, I'm going to share my story, And I know they're going to be nervous, but they're going to share that. And I know there's going to be so much support for them as a result, and they're going to be empowered by this. So then that student will be the person interviewing the um, guest speaker. And so we're going to see some of this. Here we are as a student dealing with this, and here we are as a professional who's done the long haul and being able to share those ideas together and have these conversations. So it's something I'm still looking for speakers I'm looking for people like I described who are willing to share their mental health stories, who are willing to help break the stigma by showing I'm a person who deals with this and I'm also successful in what I do. And I think as we do that, we're going to create a community of support, love, acceptance, and allow others to tell their story. And you're going to be the guest on the next one. Tell us about that, what, what the dates are when they're coming up. So March 9th is our next one, which is, goodness, a week from tomorrow. Um, thir- it's, they're all on Thursdays at one thirty. I should have put that, but Thursdays at one thirty, and it's in the Gardner living room, so the main area, lobby area of the Gardner Center, the student center, and um, it's just a comfortable gathering spot with comfy chairs, makes it safe for people to come and feel that they're safe there. But we're going to talk about my mental health journey, which um, I'll share more details about that and... And also hear from Zoe Sewell, who's our um, currently Miss Utah Tech, and she's going to share her story as well. And She'll be the one to interview me.
0: Great. Real quickly then, how would someone get a hold of you if they want to help and do be a Absolutely. part of the show?
1: I've included my email on on the slide, but I'll tell you again, it's tiff, T-I-F-F, at designermarketplace.net. That's my online retail business. That's great. Well, I'd
0: just like to say thank you so much for sharing, uh, caring, and all of the above because without hope, you know, we don't don't know where to turn. So thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you for watching and we hope you have a better day. Take care. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number 4, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988. Because you matter, and there is always hope.
1: This has been a production from a podcast studio.